Do you feel the presence of the Lord? I feel his presence. from something like that. Don't want to move. I'm trying to give God. I'm trying to yield. Father, it is only by your mercy and your goodness that we stand in your presence. I am thankful. I am thankful for all that you've done, Lord. I am thankful for every hurt that you've healed. I thank you for every time you assisted me and you helped me and you lifted me. I know, Lord, that if it wasn't for your kindness, if it wasn't for your mercy, I would have long time ago, I would have been consumed by my enemy. But we stand in this house by the grace of God, by the love of God, by the mercy of God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's clap one more time in appreciation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You may return to your seats. I'm going to go to the reading of the word of the Lord. I'm going to go to two portions of Scripture. I'm going to go to Genesis 21 and 14, and then I'll go to Psalms 72 and 12. And let me just say what an honor it is to be with you on a Sunday morning. Harvey, Pentecostal Church, this is such a powerful, anointed authoritative church in this region, and I am thankful for it. Amen. And I want to give honor to your pastor, Pastor Cox, and his family. If you love your pastor, would you clap for them and appreciate them? Amen. 
It is such a privilege for me to be with you today. And I do want to give honor to my lovely bride, my wife, Brittany Dela Cruz, and my three boys, Joel, Liam, and Caleb. I love you so much, and I give you all honor today. Amen. Genesis 21, 14 through 20. And Abram, Abraham arose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And 15, and the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat down over against him a good way off, as it were, a bowshot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And as she sat against him, she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. Everyone say brokenness. And God heard the voice of the lad and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. And then he says, Arise. Lift up the lad and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. God said, get up from where you are. Lift up the lad. And in spite of the child's illegitimacy, regardless that he was not the son of promise, regardless that he was kicked out by Sarah, I will make him a great nation. Can I tell you this morning that the spirit of brokenness will make you great in spite of your circumstances because God is good. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. When she became broken before God, it was only then that God could open her eyes to see that there was a well of water that was already there. The well was there. What provision? She just couldn't see it. What provision is right in front of you and I that we cannot see? What has God placed in our hands? It's always been there. It's, it's, it's been there this whole time. But for some reason, we just can't access it. For some reason, we can't see it. For some reason, our eyes have been blind to it. I'm here to tell you today that brokenness is the key that unlocks the door. And I'm here to tell you that brokenness is what opens the eyes of your blindness. I know this message, I struggled so much to preach something like this in a church like this, in an atmosphere like this, because this church is fire. This church prays. And, and my message is, is in the opposite direction. But I want to tell you that this principle cannot be neglected if you are truly going to be the man and the woman of God that he's called you to be. 
There is fire in your walk with God. There's passion in your walk with God. There's commitment. There's pressing. There's pushing. But then there is a side that God calls brokenness. That is a necessity for us to have in God. I'm preaching the mystery of brokenness to you today. This cry that Hagar cried was an invocation for the helper to come. God was aware of her. God knew about her situation, but he did not show up until she cried. He did not provide until she was able to be broken and cry out to the Lord. I really am not sure how this message will go over today. I just hope that someone here today is ready to hear what I'm about to say. In Jesus' name. What is brokenness? Brokenness is an attempt to describe the state of self-realization. It's a consciousness of our need for God's help in our lives. It's not just a weekly visit. It's not just a, I need this every once in a while. But it's the understanding that I need the Lord, not just today, but I need Him every hour, the songwriter said. Brokenness is a mindset. It is a posture towards God. It's a disposition that says, if he will not, then I cannot. Brokenness is a temperament of meekness. An understanding of how weak you and I really are. We can fool ourselves to think we can do it in our own strength and ability. And God will let us try. I've given you a will, he says. Try your best. But when you need me, become broken and I will come to your help. I will be the helper to you, but you must be broken before me. Brokenness is an attitude of total dependence upon him. It's a realization of our limitations and utter helplessness without God. It's an acknowledgement It's an understanding. It's a self-revelation. As strong as I think I am, as good as I think I am, as well as I serve, as well as I preach, as good as I sing, I still need Him. Brokenness affords you access to God like nothing else can. It is a doorway to the heart of God. Jesus said it like this, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those that will be humble. Those that rate themselves insignificant and dependent upon God. Theirs is the kingdom of God. King David understood brokenness. He was given 
the badge of being a man after God's own heart. David would show us how removing his crown and stripping himself of his royal apparel, casting his kingship aside to make room in his life to bow down before the king of all kings and to honor the Lord of all lords, to worship Jehovah God. He was saying, my status my position, my riches, my wealth are irrelevant in his presence. You do not come to God as a pastor, as a minister, as a preacher with status, with, with some sort of pomp or circumstance. You come to God as a child. You come to God as an infant. You come to God as nothing to offer. And David shows us the spirit of brokenness. David's strength was not found in the fact that he was a king. It was not found in the fact that he was a giant killer. That's not what made him broken. And that's not what made him strong. That's not what elevated him to such heights in his walk with God. No, the secret that David had was found in Psalm 31 and 12. He says, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. His secret was brokenness before the Lord. That was his secret. I know you're not shouting, but I promise you, if you will learn this, this will lift you. This will help you. This will take you farther than a shout will take you. This will take you farther than a jump will take you. This will take you to deeper waters than clapping will take you. I'm telling you, a dance cannot do what brokenness can do. God is looking for a broken man or a broken woman. When he wants anything done, he looks to those who have come to the end of themselves, whose confidence is not in themselves, but in God. David learned to give God glory for everything. David was saying, I have not forgotten that before God found me, I was just a castaway. I was just a forgotten son. The only thing I had coming to my inheritance was just a small flock of sheep. I had nothing coming before God found me. But here I stand now, a king. Here I stand now, blessed by the most high God. Now that I'm lifted up and everything that I want is at my fingertips, David said, God forbid that I do not stop and thank God and stay in a place and posture of brokenness. I was nothing when he found me, but he made me a king. But if I ever walk away from him, if I ever forget what he's done for me, I will again become nothing. I know how to walk in humility, David said. I know how to walk low. I know how to walk wisely. When the king Saul throws spears at me, 
I will not pick them up and throw them back. I know how to stay broken before my God. He would even prove he could admit to his sin and to his transgression. David was quick to admit it. He was quick to say, I need help. I, I, I need help. I can't fake this. I need your help. That's what made him powerful. Because he stayed in a place of neediness, of brokenness. God, if you don't help me, I'm not going to be helped. Please understand what I'm trying to say. I need you. Us guys, especially us guys, I'm not going to speak for the ladies. But boy, we don't like to tell people we need help. Am I wrong? We could be going the wrong direction for 18 miles talking about I know the way. I know how to get there. Just leave me alone. Babe, the, 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 the navigation system says we're going the wrong way. I know where I'm going. I don't like to admit that I need help. I don't like to admit that, that I'm wrong. I like to be right. I like to have the right answers. I like to be strong. I like to be the one that people come to for help. I don't want to be the one that's being helped. But that's not how it works in God. You cannot be the strong man in this scenario. He says, I am the strong man. You can't handle these devils. You can't handle these problems. You need a stronger than you to get in the house. Yes, sir. And the only way you're going to to discover that he's stronger than you is when you get on your knees in brokenness and say, I need someone stronger than I. I need someone stronger than I. I can't do it by myself. God, they're throwing spears at me. They're persecuting me. They're trying to kill me. They're coming for blood. They say the right things, but knives are in their mouth, God. I need your safety of your tabernacle. I need a secret place, God. I need you to renew me, God. I need you to lift me, God. That's the attitude of brokenness. Why do people act like they don't need help when everyone around them knows that they need help? Why do we have that spirit at times? Why do we have that attitude of, I'm doing God a favor by being here, first off. Right? I, I, I'm doing God a service. No, you're not. He doesn't need you. Let me tell you something. He can replace you. I know that's not popular, but he can replace you. He replaced Saul. He replaced Judas. He said, let another take his bishopric. If you don't want it, I'll give it to someone who wants it. If you don't handle it properly, I'll give it to a, a shepherd boy who will cherish it. Oh, in the name of Jesus, may it never be said of you that you mishandled the goodness of God in your life, that he took it from you and gave it to your neighbor. Lift your hands right now and just receive that. God, what you put in my hands, may I never mishandle it. May I never fumble it. May I always cherish it. May your blood always be precious to me. May the things of God 
always keep their value in my eyes. I will never take for granted your presence. In Jesus' name, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. I thought brokenness was when I cried in an altar. I thought that I submitted myself to God when I shed tears that streamed down my face. And I, I felt something. I felt the presence of God. And I thought, that's brokenness. Clearly, I'm broken. But can I tell you, brokenness is not weeping. Brokenness is not crying. Brokenness is not even repentance. It is deeper than that. It is further than that. Brokenness is not you just kneeling. It's not just you putting yourself in a physical posture to show everyone how, how much you love God. No. Brokenness is when you're by yourself. And, and there's nothing significant going on. And something in you reaches for God and says, God, I need you. I'm not preaching this Sunday. I'm not setting up for ministry. I'm not getting ready for a, a Bible study. I'm not preparing for anything special. But it's just my normal day. And there's something that is broken in me that says, God, you put eternity in my heart. And I'm not satisfied until you show up. I'm not happy until you come in the room. I'm not right until I feel your approval until something from heaven bears witness with my spirit and says, I'm with you. I don't even want him to speak to me at times. Brokenness is the understanding and the realization that him being with you is enough. It's enough. You don't have to speak to me, God. I just want to know. That you're with me. I just want your hand. I just want, I just want to know. I want to feel your hand on my back assisting me. I just want to know that this is the path that you have chosen for me. That's what brokenness is. Jesus. Brokenness will empower your prayer time. Brokenness will empower. You're fasting. Brokenness puts you in a position that the fasting that you do and the praying that you do will actually benefit you. Have you ever fasted and felt like, that did nothing for me? I'm telling you, I've been on some long fasts and I've fasted and I have thought to myself, God, what did you do? In my heart. And I'm not trying to down fasting. Fasting will change your life. It's changed my life. But there have been times where my heart was not broken. And God left me to my devices. He left me to my pursuits. And said if you're fasting for your own desires. But see I was fasting for power. I was praying for more power. More anointing. More something. 
Instead of saying, God, whatever you want. I, I'm in need of you. I need you. See, fasting corrects that mindset. Fasting, it puts you in a posture where God can speak to you. Brokenness will heal your prayerlessness. You know why? You can only pray in church, but you cannot pray at home because you're not broken. Because when you go to pray when you're by yourself, there's no one to watch you. There's no one to see your good deed. Man, I'm there's no one to pat you on the back and say, good job. It's only you and God. You see, your greatest stage in life is not up here. Your greatest stage in your life and in your ministry is when you are alone with God. If you have a lack of brokenness, God will be far from you. Let that sink in. He will be far from you if you are not broken. Because when his strength comes to you and he, he identifies that you have already got it all figured out, he sees your strength already occupying your life. His strength comes and says, oh, no, I'm not looking for strength. I'm not looking for power. I'm looking for broken vessels. That's where my strength can rest. When you are weak, that's when my strength can be perfected in you. Yeah. And see, we could, we could live year after year. And I've done it. I've lived this way before. And that's why I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you. Because I know that when God's strength comes, if I am not broken, I cannot receive from him. Because he only looks for that vessel that is broken. He will pass you right by. Someone right next to you will be receiving. Someone right next to you, they will be accelerated in the spirit because they're broken. And if you are in your strength, if you are in what you're doing, if you're in your own will, God says, I will wait until you're ready for me. And then you come to the place where you say, Lord, I think I'm now ready to be broken. And he says, oh, you think? No, you're still not ready. You're still not ready. When you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, God, that boy's going to die. That boy is going to die. And I can't even bear to witness it, God. And she lifted up her voice. If you don't help, I'm in trouble. That's brokenness. That's brokenness. And the Bible says that God heard from heaven. He, he heard from heaven so quickly in that he sees it instantly. Brokenness. I can help you. Now, I'm not saying that we need to walk around all weepy, all pitiful, all powerless. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in your power, in your confidence, in your walk with God, save room. For a place in your heart that stays broken all the time. I'm not too good to lay on this floor. I'm not too good to paint these walls. I'm not too good to do the little jobs. 
If God calls me to do the big jobs, I will stay broken enough to do the small things as well. Thank you, Jesus. As long as you are strong, you cannot have his strength. As long as you are self-sufficient, you have no necessity to know God as the one that helps. God will leave you in that pain. God will leave you in your suffering so that you may learn how to call upon the one that helps you. But let me tell you something. Don't wait too long there. Don't stay in that place for too long. Don't come out of it quickly. Learn quickly that in your own strength you cannot do it. And I speak that to the young people here. I speak that to the, the youth. Learn quickly your need for God. It's amazing to me how long we'll wait. It's amazing to me how long we'll wait in a famine. The Bible says Jacob, they were scra scraping food together. But they knew there was food in Egypt. Joseph has set up a, shy, a, a, a tower, a, a building full of grain, but they waited it out. They know exactly where the source is, but they waited as long as they could wait before they would come to Egypt and humble themselves and say, Joseph, or, or, uh, Joseph, we need grain. Don't wait too long. Come quickly to him. Bow your knee quickly. Be quick to humble yourself. Be quick to say, I need you. Don't be foolish, young people. You need God. There's nothing but a famine out there. There's no life out there for you outside of Jesus Christ. I promise you, what you find in this altar, what you find in the house of God, you will find bread for your soul. But out there, there's no food. There's no bread for your soul. Out there is husks that pigs eat, that the filth and the muck and the, and the mire of life, that's all they can offer you. Jesus. Brokenness releases God's help and mercy and favor in our lives. Are we learning something today? Are we together right now? Can I just preach a little bit more or teach? Isaiah 57 and 15. Brokenness releases God's help and mercy and favor in your life. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I will dwell, I will dwell, he says, in the high and holy place. I will be in this lifted up state. That's his first location. He's lifted up. He sits on the circle of the earth. Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. He's high and lifted up. Someone say he's high. And then the scripture says, but I also dwell with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I will be with you, says the Lord. I will be in that place. And I will be in the low place. God has two locations he can be found. Can I tell you this morning that before you meet God in personal revival, you must first meet him in a place of brokenness. 
God can always be found in a place of brokenness. God is not far from you like some people would say he is. God is not far from the sinner. He's not far from us in this house. He is close as ever. He is in the place of our brokenness. If you do not have a Damascus moment, if you do not have a testimony, a powerful experience with God that converted you, a a knock you off of your horse experience, can I tell you, brokenness is the key. You see, I can look at my life and I remember as a 15-year-old young man with nothing in my future. I was in jail. My mom was an alcoholic. My brothers were alcoholics. My uncles were alcoholics. My aunts, my grandfather, everywhere I looked in my lineage, in my bloodline, it was failure. It was bondage. It was addiction. I had nothing to aspire to. Nothing that would make me great. Nothing that could lift me. And before long, I was doing the drugs. I was drinking. I was rolling around in the muck and the sin and the mire of my life. That's all I knew. But in that, somehow, some way, God saw my heart. And he came to me. And he kicked the door in where I was trapped. And he said, Nick, it is time for you to rise. It is time for you to become someone that you didn't even know you could become. And I remember, listen to me. This is the key, I'm telling you. I remember being in my bedroom, in my poor little Section 8 housing bedroom. And I remember as a 15-year-old young man with nothing, nothing in my life that I could think of that was good. Not one thing that I could see in my life that I could honestly say, this is good. And I just remember having this attitude that said, I believe God can do something in my life. And I got on my knees, and I didn't care if my mom heard me. I didn't care if my brothers heard me. I got across my bed, and I just began to pray to God. And I just began to weep and cry and say, God, if you can use anything, use me, Lord. If there's any good in me, God, please use me. I don't want to fulfill the destiny that the devil has set up for me. I I should be in jail. I should be dead. I shouldn't be on this platform. But the mercy. But the mercy of God lifted me. And the mercy of God will lift you. The goodness of God will lift you from where you are. I'm telling you, it's not because I'm something special. I'm telling you, any man of God that truly is honest, it's not because they're anything. It's because they learned to be broken before the helper. We get to a place sometimes where he helps us, and then we stop being broken. We forget how we got to this place, and we say, I'm good. I'm going to enjoy now. My relationship with God. Now I'm going, to, I'm going to eat the fruit of my relationship. No. That's just going to stop you in your journey. That stops your growth. That stops your lifting. That stops your rising. But when you stay broken, 
there is no limitation to how high you can rise. There are several people in this room. I am talking to you today. I am talking to you in this room that God has his eye on your life. He has marked you with his fire. Your ordination has been his spirit. It has not been an endorsement from a man or from a woman, but it has been almighty God who's put his hand upon your life, and he is saying, come higher. And it is brokenness. Brokenness is the vehicle that is going to get you there in Jesus' name. Can I go a little further? He will be with you if you stay broken. Luke 15, the prodigal son, both sons needed the father, but one got him. Because he was broken and the other didn't get him because he, in his own strength, was self-sufficient. I'm serving I've never transgressed your law, Lord. I'm doing everything right. I'm doing my part, God. I don't need it. He never got a celebration. He never got a kid, but he was in the father's house the whole time. He never received, he never obtained what he wanted. And when he saw his brother go from the pit and from the deep right past him and went right to the top, he said, why did you allow my brother to pass me up? Mercy, mercy, mercy. Mercy caused him to accelerate. Mercy caused him to go past you because you were stuck on your strength and he had my strength. I need the helper. I need the helper. I need the helper. I can't do it. I am totally dependent on him. Can I tell you that there are some things in your walk with God that if God was waiting on you and I to do right, it would never get done. That's what mercy does, though. Mercy gives us what we don't deserve. It, it stops what we do deserve, and it keeps us in a place of vulnerability before God, knowing that it was only his hand that did it. Only his hand. If God waits on you, to pray just right, to have the right faith, and to have the right faithfulness to bless someone and to cause your family to be saved, they might be waiting a long time. That's why we cry mercy. Mercy, God, over my mom. Mercy over my family, God. God, if you're waiting on, on me to do it just right, you might be waiting a long time. But give me mercy, God. I'm broken before you. Do it, do it anyway, God. Do it according to your loving kindness. Do it not because of what I'm doing, but do it because of your goodness, God. I'm broken. You see, brokenness is the administrator of God's mercy. You cannot have God's mercy in your life until you're broken. And mercy is not just for sinners. Mercy is not just for people that have their lives in shambles. Mercy is for everyone. Mercy is what the son needed in the prodigal son. He needed the mercy of God to come to him. But he was too self-sufficient that he would never get to a place 
where he would say, I need you, God, so desperately and so much that I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. And the Bible says that that boy, you know the story, the prodigal son, he has this revelation. He has this moment of realization. An angel did not come to him. God did not speak to him. But the Bible says he came to himself. He had a moment of realization. What am I doing in this place? Have you ever had the moment like that? Man, I've had moments like that. Where I've thought to myself, God, I know better. I know better. But yet I find myself in this muck. I find myself in this place of uncomfortableness. I find my, myself in this filth of my decisions. You didn't put me here. I put myself here. God, I need your help. And he has this moment of realization. He came to himself. I realize, God, it's better with your help. It was better in my father's house. I don't belong in this place. You don't belong being self-sufficient. You're not designed to do it by yourself. You were designed by God to have an emptiness in you without him. To have a daily need for him. That's how you were designed. You were designed to, to need him in your life. And all those that will walk without him are not broken. And they will not receive the help from God. And they will not receive the mercy of God. But when they come to themselves, when they get the revelation, I need him. Something happens instantaneously. It may have taken you 10 years to walk two steps, but when mercy comes upon you, you will go 10 miles in two seconds. You will go so far, you will pass people up. Your brother will be looking, hey, where are you going? I got mercy on me. I'm being lifted. I'm being elevated. Why? Mercy. Brokenness. And the father doesn't even listen to him, but he admits his brokenness. I'm not even worthy to be your son. I am nothing. I'm an idiot. What did I do? Why did I do that? Do you see the brokenness in his tone? You told me I'm a Jew. I was acting like a Gentile. I was acting foolishly, God, without you. I knew better. Please, just, just make me a servant. I'm sorry, God. I need you. And God, the character of mercy is in the Father in this text. He says, bring a ring. He doesn't even pay attention to his brokenness. Because all that God cares about is that you're in that state. Is that you're in that posture. And when, you, when he finds you in that place, he immediately calls for the ring. The best robe. Put shoes on your feet because you're going places. Be restored to who you are in an instant, in a moment. He went from the, the lowest place in his life to higher 
than anyone else in his father's house. Just like Joseph, from the pit to second in command. In a moment. Just like that. Because he understood the power of brokenness. This is why it's a mystery, because I don't understand it, how God does this. I don't even get it sometimes. Sometimes I don't even like it. Sometimes I don't think it's fair. It doesn't feel fair. It doesn't seem fair. Why would you bless that person so much? I know people that I've seen them for years just tripping up, making mistakes, just dumb mistakes over and over and over, doing stupid things, if I could say that word without being offensive. And I could watch them from afar, seeing them fumble the ball, seeing them sin, seeing them marry people and then divorce people. After they've heard the counsel of their pastor telling them, don't marry that person. And they do it anyway. Foolishness. Foolishness. Not broken. Not broken before God. And then all of a sudden, one day, they come to themselves. And they have a moment of realization. What am I doing with my life? And then all of a sudden, that same foolish, fumbling, messed up person that everyone knows their reputation as being someone that just doesn't have it together. They become broken before God and the mercy of God says, I can do something now. I can do something now on your life. I know what they think of you, but I am God. And I am going to show you and all of those around you that I don't care what they think. I am going to bless you because I'm God and I do what I want. This is the character of mercy. Bring the ring. Bring the robe. And bring shoes. Because my son that was dead is now alive. My son that was lost is now found. Isn't that interesting that God saw him as being dead even though he was living? But to him, he was dead. We got to get this. Man, church, I know that I've heard from God. And I know that you guys are used to Pastor Cox's phenomenal preaching. And I want to thank you for bearing with me, a young preacher but I'm telling you, I know I heard from God for someone in this service. And I believe today that someone in this room is going to posture themselves in brokenness. And the mercy of God is going to come upon your life. And you will be shocked. You will be shocked what happens in the next six months. And those around you, they'll, they'll take a double take at you. And they will not believe it. And this is where that religious spirit comes from. Because God does what he wants. He doesn't ask everyone permission to bless. David's brothers, when he came on the scene to fight Goliath, 
We know your pride, you haughty little punk. And David said, man, listen, bro. I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to, to give you a hard time. Isn't there a cause? When mercy comes upon your life, do not pay attention to what people are saying. When you find this place of mercy and brokenness, you, it is important that you keep in mind that you are not here to please everybody. You are here to only please God. And that's it. Stand with me today. I'm going to tell you what I feel. I do not feel to encourage and to prompt you. I'm just going to open this altar right now. I'm not looking for loudness. I'm not looking for tears. I'm not looking for weeping. I'm not looking for any of that. I just ask you as the preacher today to come to this altar and to examine your heart to see if it is indeed broken or not. Because the scripture says that he is near to that heart that is broken. The scripture says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. The scripture says that when you're in that state, he can be found. And so I'm simply just going to open this altar for the next few moments. And I'm just going to read this scripture in Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Can I tell you that this attitude of brokenness is irresistible to God. It is almost like God cannot help himself when you get to this place and when you get in this posture. It's almost as if he is addicted to the person that is broken. The moment brokenness comes, suddenly his presence returns. It is almost like God is a magnet to brokenness. If brokenness is absence in your life, it is impossible to be intimate with God. It's impossible. But when it comes, the scripture says he is nigh unto that person. He is so close to that person. Come on, let's come and pray just for a moment. Don't be like Vashti. Don't be a pride. Don't be, don't be like Cain. Don't refuse what the Lord is asking you today. But come at the command of the king. Come into a place, into a posture of honesty, of sincerity, of genuine brokenness before God. Understanding that if he does not help me, I cannot be helped.